tell you that together we are unstoppable. During this season my goal is to provide you with stories from amazing women and business owners which will help you to adopt, grow and exercise that entrepreneurial spirit and mindset that already exists within you. I hope these stories allow you to learn, scale and become more resilient. I hope they can show you how to build your dreams and open doors. Remember that you already are exceptional and you deserve to sit at any table you desire to be in. You were meant for greatness. So let's get loud. Own your today. Own your story. And let's build together a better tomorrow. So welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Transcend with M. And I am super excited because I have a fellow board of directors here of Insure Quality with me, Sarah Muniz. And I am very, very excited to have her here. How are you, Sarah? I am fantastic. How are you? I am good. Better now that we are talking and getting this done. So I'm super excited. Uh, super excited to hear a little bit about your story, you know, why insurance quality is important to you, why it's important for us to support, you know, other women, other individuals that are going through a very hard time or had experienced, you know, something not so graceful within their careers and how we're going to help them move forward and empower them to, you know, become the best version of themselves. So are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. So kick us off. Tell us who you are. What's your story? Uh, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So um, my name's Sarah Muniz. I've been in the insurance industry for over 21 years now. Um, I can't believe it because I don't even think I'm over 25. So I'm not quite sure how the math really works. <laughs> At least like mentally, I haven't gone to yes. that age in my head. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I've been in it a really long time and just like so many other people that get into the insurance field, you know, like when I went to college and I was thinking about what I want to do career-wise, insurance was not on my list. Mm -hmm. I actually wanted to, I was an um, advertising and marketing major and um, that's what I like just think is super fun to do. And then I had a temp job at an insurance at a, actually at State Farm. And the temp job kind of ended up turning into a permanent job. Um, and I, when I graduated, like marketing and advertising positions just weren't readily available because we were having, it was right after 9-11. So those are the positions that got cut with most companies. And if you weren't yeah. the best of the best, you just weren't. It was, it was really hard to get hired into the advertising field. Yeah. And then if we're being honest, I wasn't really the best. Like I loved it and I'm very creative, but I'm not great at graphic design. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to do both in that field to really excel and do well in it. Yeah. Um, luckily for me, there's not a lot of people that are really great at advertising and marketing in the insurance industry and especially on the, in the agency side. Yeah. So it's actually helped me to differentiate myself by having those skills. Even if I'm not like the best of the best, it doesn't matter because most people don't even know anything about it. So at least I know something and I can, I can use it to my advantage. That's really helped me out. Yeah. Um, and I really wasn't sure if I was ever going to get to use those skills. So that's been great. But um, so my state farm job turned into, I ended up working at an independent insurance agency that they referred me over to because they didn't want to get me licensed. So I wanted to go somewhere that I would be able to um, do more than, you know, telemarketing basically. <laughs> That's what I was doing before at State Farm. Yeah. Just like so trying to cross sell. They didn't want to get you licensed? 
No. Yeah. Well, and I didn't think that I wanted to stay there. Like I didn't think I wanted to stay in insurance. I actually um, only worked there like six months after I graduated college. And then I went to try to work at a marketing position. Mm. Um, I thought it was a marketing position, but it was one of those multi-level marketing (laughs) positions that they one of those pyramids it was was so much a pyramid um the really good thing about it was was it taught me how it was um selling office supplies door to door so I was basically um had a big book of office supplies and I went door to door and cold called and tried to sell people office supplies out of my catalog book um, so it taught me a lot about sales because I knew nothing about sales and that wasn't the field that I thought I was going to go into. Yeah. And then the, the positive and negative part of that was the positive part was I was really good at it. The negative part was I was good at it. So I stuck around too long, not making any money because they, it was a pyramid scheme and they weren't paying me correctly. Um, and so I always look at it as uh, my internship. Yeah, I learned how to sell during those six months that I worked at that company. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then when I went back to the State Farm Agency, I was like, hey, I didn't make money for six months. I need to go get a job somewhere. I was a newlywed. And so they yeah. um, so they referred me to this independent insurance agency. And then that and then he got me licensed. So that's kind of like where my um, career kind of took off. And at this point, I still wasn't sure whether I was going to be a long-termer in the insurance industry. It was just a means to an end for me at the time until I found what I really wanted to do 21 years later, still here. Um, but I really love it now. It just took a little, it took me a little while to actually understand what it was and what I do and how to make it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and to find the right people to work for. Um, so the first agency that the State Farm Agency I worked for, they were great. I just wasn't going anywhere there and um, I didn't see a future for myself there. But the independent agent I worked for was awful. Awful, awful. Like I can't even explain how awful this guy was. So what's wrong with me? I stayed in the insurance industry anyways. Um, but he... Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He did get me licensed. So then I felt this like debt to him, yeah. but he constantly belittled me um, mm-hmm. for being a woman. Yeah. He constantly told me I was stupid. <gasps> um, and he, um, he, he, he was always telling me I was going to hell. I don't know if I can say that on your podcast. You can. That's fine. Yeah. We just for those in our audience, our our podcast is totally unfiltered. So I do have it as explicit. So you just go ahead and have fun. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just didn't know. I was like, I don't know what the rules are. Um, but like he was just he was just not a nice person. Yeah. Um, and then to top it all off, he um fired me for being pregnant. <gasps> so yeah, so um that was my first full-time real experience in the shirt insurance industry my first year really as um, a licensed service representative I wasn't selling at that time mm-hmm. um so uh being pregnant and scared and not knowing if anybody else would hire me luckily for me I mean he did at least pay for me to get licensed so I was yeah. able to find a job within 48 hours mm-hmm. even being five months pregnant so that was kind of cool. Um, and I like with first pregnancies, a lot of times you don't show until later. So I wasn't really showing much. I was able to hide it. Um, and so like the week I told him I was pregnant is when he let me go. Um, and then I have like so many other stories that go with that. But like the time that I worked with him, I actually believe it or not started falling in love with the industry, not, not for working with him. Thank it was a blessing in disguise. He let me go, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but um, there was a really huge accident that happened um, by our local CVS. And the huge accident resulted, it was basically a 15-year-old driver 
that took their parents car out for a um a fun run basically you know like a just a fun ride and had had three of his friends in the car I believe and had a major accident and actually all of the kids in the car died and then the other um I think I can't remember if they had another car but everybody involved in the accident passed away basically Oh my goodness. And the family got sued. Like not only did they lose their son and lose everything, but they got sued they got by sued. the other family. Yes. And so when um I was asking him how the insurance would work with that and what kind of coverage that person would need and and all of that, um he was knowledgeable, so he did, you know, explain to me how that worked and how since he was an unlicensed driver, he probably isn't covered by the car insurance, but if they had yeah. an umbrella, the umbrella would possibly kick in and that type of thing. Yeah. And then like a light bulb moment came where I was like, oh, like we're really preventing people from losing everything. Everything. Yeah. You know, and this is really important, actually what I'm doing, like I can really help others. Yeah. And so in the midst of working for this not nice person, um, he was at least taught me a lot. He was very knowledgeable and at least taught me the industry Yeah, and got me licensed. And, um, and then I had the ability to really understand it from mm-hmm. a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And for me, it wasn't about, or at least I, I still don't think it is. It wasn't about the money for me. It was about I want to help others. And that was really what I always want to do was what can I do to make the world a better place? What can I do Mm -hmm. to help others? What can I do to make a good living and take care of my family? That kind of thing. Yeah. And so. I I can only imagine what was going through your head when these, you know, Playmex scenario came into, into play, right? Because I always tell everybody this, I didn't, started in insurance and sales which is where most people start I started at a research center writing you know helping researchers write papers for magazines about insurance research and it was a very interesting way of you know they had a driving range so they did all all sorts of accidents in the snow, in the water, with oil, whatever. They had a house on the back that they will rebuild every couple of months because they will just put on fire, right? (laughs) So they can just teach the adjusters how to like, you know, and they had accidents at 80 miles an hour and then 20 miles an hour. And you Mm -hmm. will see that even at 20 miles an hour, 10 miles an hour, it could be disastrous, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't think I know that people, you know, and, and listeners out there might not understand our love for the insurance industry. Uh, but when most people see us as an expense or as something that it's, you know, maybe not necessary and non-necessary mm-hmm. expense, um, for us is a very different feeling. It's a it's a, it's a commitment to protect you. Uh, protect the people around you because there is so many irresponsible people out there and there is also a lot of things that you cannot control Mm -hmm. Um, so I I love that it's not a good moment because it's 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 a very bad scenario but I am glad that you had that moment to recognize that oh okay this is possible like this is what I'm actually doing right Mm -hmm. um but going back into the X scenario of you getting fired because you were pregnant, you are not alone. I interviewed last year, I interviewed uh, the CEO of call nonprofits in California, Colleen, and she also back in the day, I mean, I'm talking back in the day, that same X scenario happened to her. So yeah. it is, it is impressive that even 15, 20 years later, these still happen, you know, and mm-hmm. it still happens. I think now laws are a little bit more, you know, and people is scared to do a move like that, but it does exist. It mm-hmm. does exist. So how did you, 
I know you found a job rather quickly, but how mm -hmm. did that affect your morale going out there as a woman, as a pregnant woman into a new space, right? Interacting mm -hmm. with new people. How did that affected you in, 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 in that move? You know, how did you overcome that? Because it's, it's a big trigger and you already have mm -hmm. your hormones going freaking crazy. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you deal with that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great question. And it actually has affected me throughout my, almost my entire career because it was traumatic. Yeah. Um, I mean, like when he let me go, he was very blunt by, about why he was letting me go. Yeah. Um, he kind of figured out I was pregnant because I hid it from him. Because, like I said, he was not a nice person. Um, I hid it from him and he finally kind of pieced it together on a Monday. And then that Friday, he told me it was time for my annual review because I was right at a year with him. Yeah. Called me into his office and said, I don't believe that women who are mothers should work. And so I'm going to do a favor and let you go. Oh, great. Like, I mean, he's like, and this is off the record because I, I know it's not legal. He's like, on the record, I'm going to let you go because I don't think you're ethical and do business the way I want you to do it. But on the record, I just want you to know the real reason. I cannot so, believe this. And so you it was took a, you didn't took any legal action. I imagine you were scared, right? I, it was really scary. And a lot of people, you know, they asked like, why didn't you do more about it? Or, you right. know, um, why didn't you make a big de bigger deal about it? What a lot of, um, a lot of people, especially women who are not women, but other like people who haven't experienced that or men, really, mm -hmm. they don't understand like, ex and especially on a small agency side with a small agency, yeah. it's really hard to um, like, even if there's laws in place to protect someone who's pregnant, if it's yeah. a one, like this is literally just a small million dollar, $2 million agency that had me as an employee and that was it. And yeah. so it's really hard to sue smaller businesses and they yeah. seem to get away with a little bit more than big corporate yeah. businesses. Yeah. Um, however, I have experienced discrimination in bigger companies as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that and I, I can go into that in a minute, but yeah. Um, when he, so I was, I was shocked, first of all, because I had, although I really hated working for this person, yeah. um, and I didn't foresee a future long-term, I did not, I thought I would at least have job stability until after I had the baby, and then I could figure out my next move after I have her, and then, you know, kind of like give it a year or so, and then find somewhere else mm -hmm. to work or whatever it was, yeah. um, I wasn't planning on leaving because I was five minutes pregnant mm -hmm. and I was, I did, just didn't think I could get a job anywhere. Um, he was only paying me $11 an hour. So it wasn't like I was making a ton of money. I was just a customer service rep because yeah. um, I was learning the industry. And, um, but when he handed me a box and he treated me like I was a criminal and literally the only crime I committed was being pregnant with my first kid and you know like something I was super excited and happy about he made it feel like I did something wrong right um and then he literally like he had me pack up I don't even know what I had like I don't even think I had anything maybe a picture on the desk yeah but it was just the whole scenario of I packed it I put it in a box I'm scared I didn't even know what just happened mm -hmm. and he literally pushed me out the door out the door when I walked out and locked it like pushed me to where he could have probably like made me fall to make sure that I didn't try to like attack him or something I don't know I don't know what his thought process was I don't know if he felt like a human a horrible human being after that I doubt it yeah because I don't think he realized he was not a nice person you know how sometimes chauvinistic men don't realize that they're chauvinistic mm -hmm. men <laughs> so yeah. um so that, that being to say, say like yeah. your answer or your question on how did that affect me for the future? Well, that yeah. Mia wasn't my only child. I have two. And when I, so after I left there, I found a job pretty quickly. It wasn't, it wasn't where I wanted to work. It was really far away. 
I was five months pregnant and I was trying to hide the fact when I interviewed, I was pregnant with the guy and, um, funny story about my last name, because, um, I have a Hispanic last name, but I'm not Hispanic. Um, you can kind of tell by looking at me, my husband is, (laughs) um, You're too funny. Uh, <laughs> my husband's Hispanic, but um, they only interviewed me um, because they saw that I was licensed and I had a Hispanic last name. And so when I walked in, he looked at me and he looked really disappointed. And um, and the guy was nice and everything, but he just kind of looked at me. He's like, you don't speak Spanish, do you? Mm. Um, and I was like, no. He's yeah, like, well, come, back, come over here and interview anyways. Let's see what you got. Um, and then he ended up liking me and I was like, Hey, I don't want to mislead you, but I am pregnant. Um, and he was like, well, you know, you're good enough. We'll hire you. It's kind of like one of those scenarios. (laughs) I don't think he was like super excited about hiring me. And I wasn't super excited because it was about an hour from my house and I was working 15 minutes from my house previously and with being pregnant learning a new system. And then a lot of people, if they're not in the insurance industry, listening to this, um, my experience and also some research that I've done on it. Um, I, I have never, I re- never really got trained almost every place that I've worked at. They don't take time to train you. They, they yeah. stick you in kind of a computer module maybe in a video, and then you kind of have to learn it on your own. Well, this was like a new system, a new company I was working at it wasn't even an independent agency. Actually, I think it was my first job was American National. And then he went independent before he fired or right when he fired me. And then, um, and then I worked for an Allstate agent was the next one that hired me, but um, he didn't teach me anything on how to use their system. And if anyone's worked with Allstate, not, not saying anything bad about Allstate, but back in 2004, they were still working on DOS. And it was so horrible to learn on your own oh I, mean, it was, I mean it is the same case for a lot of agents still don't don't I mean I don't think you're exaggerating one bit where like it, a lot of agents do not have a process of training at all whatsoever whatsoever yeah and then they wonder why it takes people learn long time to learn it or why they don't do it a certain way and it just, it yeah. makes the learning curve so much larger, and more difficult and more frustrating for everyone involved Everyone. when there's no training process, mm-hmm. when you're just trying to learn as you go. And then you, you know, you really learn because you make mistakes and then you get in trouble and then you're like, oh, I don't want to get a hand slap for that again, even though I don't really know what I'm doing. And so, <laughs> um, <laughs> so that claim arise and that, that vehicle was never changed, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I could not like for the life of me, I was like, I think you need like a PhD to know how to do all state, like yeah. back in 2004. Cause I know it's online now. It's one of the companies I represent now, but, yeah. um, it wasn't online at that time, and especially not, not for captive agents. It was very yeah. difficult. So I actually only lasted there a couple of months. And another agent mm-hmm. that was friends with the agent that fired me actually asked me to come interview with him. And then I didn't trust him because I thought he I thought they were like trying to mess me up because I found a job or trying to play a prank on me or something. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't want to work all the way an hour from my house in two hours in traffic. So I took a chance. I talked to him. He's actually, he was, he's a super nice guy and he was closer to my age. And he told me, he's like, Hey, I found out why, you know, um, why you got fired. And I didn't think that was right. And I know you're really good. Um, Like he was always complimenting you. And he told me that you're really good, that if it wasn't for that, are you being pregnant? He didn't say being pregnant. He was trying to like not say the reason, but right. he, he was saying like, if it wasn't for that one thing, um, right. he wouldn't let you go. And that's not a good enough reason for me not want to, to not want to hire you. So mm-hmm. he actually not only hired me, but he gave me like a $2 an hour raise and paid maternity leave. Amazing. And so I took the job. Look yeah. That. Yeah. And then he taught me the independent side. So I really learned, I really like, he was the polar opposite of the not nice guy. Like he was a super, super, super nice guy. Um, and he went independent. He went, he went independent. He was working for American national. He went independent 
while I was on maternity leave. And I knew he was going to, he told me. Um, and so then when I got back, I had to, I had to learn the independent side. So that was fun right after having a baby, learning how to, first I'm trying to like learn how to sleep and feed a baby. Um, and then I'm trying to learn the independent side, but, and it was the blind leading the blind. He didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. So we kind of figured it out together. Um, and he, he hired me as a customer service rep, but he really had me doing all his sales. He didn't yeah. pay me on the sales. Yeah. He just had me, he, he just gave me the luxury of doing the sales for him. <laughs> um, and so, and I didn't realize how much people made because everyone kept it a secret yeah. on how much the agencies paid. Mm-hmm. So I had no, I had no idea how much money was, he was making off of me. I was just happy to, you know, work for someone nice after the, my last experience. And then, um, and then I got to a point. So like two years later, at, well, yeah, about working after with him almost two years, um, <clears throat> I was having trouble. Like, uh, I didn't realize how expensive. So, you know, like you don't really know how expensive kids are until you actually have, like you think, you know, and then you have one and you're like, oh, like daycare costs as much money as I'm making. So like my check was only covering daycare and um food basically and we were doing fine I just wanted more and really I wanted more than anything I wanted another baby but we couldn't afford Mm. another baby right and um, I had asked him about going on the sales side and he told me you know like getting paid for the sales or being more of a producer and he's like you know you you, you're making plenty of money you're not really good at sales you just Mm. happy with what you have kind of thing so although he he was nice to me, you know, and he was a great employer. He still limited me. Um, and so I, I went and found someone that would hire me as a producer. And I kind of told them what I was doing at the other agency. And they thought that was great for them. And uh, my motivation when I came home and I was really scared because I didn't want to, I guess I didn't want to be employed to where we couldn't even like pay for groceries because our, our income was so tight that even if I didn't work there, and even though most of my money was paying for um, daycare, the little bit that I was making on top of that, like the extra hundred dollars a week, still paid for our groceries. So we wouldn't even be able to afford groceries without, you know, me having that position, that job, and then having a baby and you have to be close to home and daycare and all that. Like, there's just so many pressures and fears. Yeah. Um, what if you have to leave, you know, for an emergency and you can Exactly. Are they going to be understanding? Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Are they going to be, um, you know, nice? Or am I going to go work for someone who's a big jerk again? Like all those things. <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> all the things. It's a huge oh, question. Mark. You don't know until you know. So, um, so what's funny though, is I came home with the, um, the pay structure with my husband and the way they did things at this particular agency. Um, it was inside of credit unions is um, basically if you hit certain plateaus, they would pay you a higher salary and then they would pay you like a different commission level. So if you hit like 50,000 in paid production, then you would get like a $500 bonus or a $1,000 bonus. I don't remember exactly how it fell. Yeah. Um, and then if you average 60,000 over six months or over a year, month, month after month over the six month mm-hmm. period, then they would bump your pay up $5,000 a year, stuff like that. Okay. Which was huge for me because I wasn't making that much money to um, at the previous place. So I basically took my, I took the thing home to my husband trying to figure out if, it, if I wanted to accept the position. Um, and he was like, and so this is, this is literally what he told me that, that convinced me that I wanted the job was, he was like, so if you get to this production level, we can have that second baby you want. So he made my baby was in the negotiation um and so I took the position and I he we thought that it would take me a year to reach that level it took me about my within my first six months I reached the level I wanted to reach and then I told my husband I was like look guess what I got my raise and I've been averaging this commission and we have enough money to have another baby now he's like 
oh, oh, I thought we were going to wait like a full year. Like, you know, like not like right away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, nope, you, I was highly motivated to have that Man. next baby. So, um, so then coming back to that trauma question that you're asking about yeah. how it affected me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm either me or my husband. Both of us are just happy. And, um, so when I, you know, when I told him it was like November, I had started working there like in May and then November, I was like, Hey babe, I reached my levels. We can have a baby now. And, um, he's like, okay. Um, well, he kind of like, he was trying to like get me to wait a little longer, but he was like, okay, fine. We'll try. It'll take a little bit longer. We're older. And, um, we were 29. We weren't older, older, but we're like, oh, we're older than we were when we tried to have the first one. So it'll take longer. And, um, so it probably won't be for another six months. No, we were pregnant in like three weeks, like by December, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so, and then I went to my, and then I was so scared to tell my employer. I was freaking out because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I finally am working somewhere that I can excel at. I'm doing really well. They really like me. I really like them. Um, everything's lining up, but I'm pregnant. Are they going to let me stay around? Mm-hmm. You know, was my fear. Like, they're gonna, what if they fire me just like I got fired before? Like, I don't know why I didn't have the fear before I started trying to get pregnant, but it wasn't until I got pregnant that I was scared. Um, and I kind of hid it from them for about three or four months. And then I went to my boss and I was crying and I was so scared. And he was like, and then when I told him, he's like, oh, is that it? You know, like I was like, yeah. He's like, oh my God, I was so scared that you were going to quit or something. Like you were just freaking me out. And I was like, no, I just don't want you to fire me for being pregnant. He's like, oh my gosh, we would never do that. We're so excited for you. And That's so amazing. they were super supportive through it all and excited and threw me a baby shower and it, you know, went like, you know, a very traumatic experience I had with the former employer turned into a very positive experience with the new employer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I bet that made you feel good. It did. It did make me feel good. And I was still scared the whole time I was, you know, pregnant. And then I was scared. I was like, what if they don't let me come back after maternity leave? And I was there nine years, so it was all fine. (laughs) So um, and the, um, so it was really good. I was there for a long time. I just kind of fell under the same, like a trap that a lot of people fall into where, or, um, the, the companies don't want to let you move up if you're too good at your job. And then also, I think part of it, since I've been doing the research and really looking at and reflecting on it, I think part of it, a lot of it had to do with me being a, a, a mother and a, woman and a wife and mm-hmm. like so there was a lot of roadblocks for me do, to do anything but sell insurance yeah um and I wanted to try to do something else so those glass ceilings kind of led me into a um exploration phase in my career <laughs> which has been lasting for a little while um yeah. but also like all of those all of those roadblocks and all those glass ceilings and even at a place that I loved working at and I was there nine years, but I, I got to where I, I hit, I hit the income levels that I wanted at the time. And then I decided I wanted more. And when I, and it was within like four or five years that I was like, okay, I'm really happy with what I'm making. Now I want to train and do and manage and do other things and explore other avenues within the same agency. Cause I like it here. And I basically got told, you know, I was being greedy and that uh, most women don't have the luxury of making the kind of income I made. So I should, should be, I should just be happy with what I had. So it was one of those, that was my phone, my uh, (laughs) ringtone. Um, But um, so it was one of those where I hit that glass ceiling and the only way to get out of the glass ceiling from where I worked was to go and work somewhere else, unfortunately, yeah. um, even though I loved working there. And um, so, and they told me, they told me straight up that I would never do anything but sell insurance for them. They mm-hmm. never, they didn't want me to do anything else. Yeah. And so I think knew, because- of, at, at, at one level, you knew that that was kind of like, you know, 
but it sucked that they couldn't complement into your potential. Right. Well, I think they thought that there was no way I would choose to work somewhere else because of the amount of income I was making, which, you know, um, it was actually really hard to decide if I was going to leave or not, because I, I went and the position I took was making 50% of what I was like, I took a major pay cut to leave so that I could maybe have more potential for the future, but I was bored where I was at. I wanted, I just wanted more, um, really potential or uh, more opportunities. I was trying to think of the word, but I wanted the opportunities and a lot of, sometimes employers don't realize that like, you know, money's great and everybody wants it and wants to make a good income. But at some point, that's not the only thing. A lot of people like, like to have unlimited potential and opportunities and ways to grow both personally and professionally. And I just didn't have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, so I honestly, um, the place I went to go work for, it was a mistake. I shouldn't have left where I was at, at the time, um, to go work for the place that I went to go work for, because the guy that hired me was, um, another awful person. And I didn't realize, um, obviously if I left, um, somewhere that I was very, financially stable and had longevity. I didn't know that I was leaving to go work for someone that was um, a snake in or a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like he seemed like he was on the up and up and he seemed like he was going to really help me um, move in the direction I wanted to move career wise. Um, But it didn't work out. And then um, so within two Uh, Yeah, I would say within two months from me quitting to go work for this other guy, I went from making six figures to being unemployed because he ended up letting me go. So I'll just put it that way. And this particular guy has no idea that he he has lit this fire in me Mm. for the insurer quality group that we're in. And also I have some other ventures I'm working on Mm. Um, because, and actually I had some other employers that were awful right after him. Um, He lit this fire under me because he told me when he let me go, he told me, he's like, if you ever tell anybody the story of what happened while I, while you worked for me, I will have you blacklisted in the insurance industry and you will never work again. Uh-huh. And I told that same story, like basically everything I've told you, I told to one of my um, friends Yeah. Um, in the insurance industry, just to like, probably like 2018 or something. I was telling her like my journey story, yeah. you know, we all share it. Yeah. And um, they, uh, she, she told me, she was like, you know what, like, how does he have that power and control over you? what, what gives him the right? Like how you're allowing him to have that power and control. You need to take it back. And yeah, but it, it um, is the fear that it is already, fear. it is already so difficult, yes. so difficult to be a woman within this industry that yes. you are, even if you're as brave as you want to be, or you have accomplished as much as you accomplish, there is still that fear because we rely mm-hmm. on the opinion and the credibility of these names and people in order mm-hmm. to grow within yes. the industry, which totally sucks. It sucks. does. And it's still a reality today. 2022, still a reality, right? Yes. Um, but I think more and more, we're becoming a little bit more vocal about it. Mm-hmm. But I cannot say that it is, it is not true because it is right. true you know recently um <laughs> we went to a conference in florida and um it was it was amazing to see that you could count how many women were there mm-hmm because they don't feel comfortable with either 
the comments that happen after night or, you know, after a couple drinks or, you know, how mm -hmm. there is this voice table that nobody else yes. is invited because they're like 70 years old, right? Yes. Not to discriminate against age or against any type of gender or anything like right. that, but it is a reality in our industry. It definitely is. It definitely um, is. So it is, it makes me sad to hear that this is still happening, but at the same time, we just, we need to talk about it. And, you know, maybe for those that are not within the industry might think right now that, oh my God, you know, so many awful people or, you know, yeah. what the heck is wrong with these stories? But the reality is that this is, this is, it's a very small world. It is. Our, it's a our big industry. business, but small world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And, and we got um, to break the, the, those barriers one way or another. Yeah. And we're definitely, um, our industry is so much further behind e-commerce. Yep. As far as gender equality and equality in general goes. Yep, it is. Why groups like Insure Equality are, are popping up and mm -hmm. um, those kind of things, and that person, that that particular employer, plus some other things that have happened. Um, and after sharing my story with um, with one of my friends and her reaction, and um, and she she does a lot of female empowerment um, groups and things as well. And I would mention her name, but then I was like, I don't know if I should mention her name. She doesn't, you know, yeah. know if I'm talking about her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'm allowed yeah. to talk about her or not. But um, it, she drove, she kind of um, drove me, like inspired me. I was trying to think of the word, like just what by what she said. Yeah. And she heard telling me that I'm not, she's like, you know, you're not the only person I've heard this type of thing. Uh, there's so many other women that suffer the same type of, situations there's yeah. so much inequality that we just need to speak up about she was like it it would be really awesome if you wrote a book about it like you have a really good story so yeah. I did or I have nice so it hasn't that's, been published yet that's amazing well breaking news people here we yeah. go Sarah yeah, so, a book Yay. Yeah, so um, it'll it'll come out mid January or early February. Amazing. So uh, I, we finally got it to final formatting and all that, but it'll be be called Undiscovered Voices. Beautiful. Unlocking women's potential and in insurance. So that will be the name yeah. of the book. Um, I'll give you more details when I have more details, but um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. That is, been a long that is absolutely fantastic. I'm so happy for you. Thank it's you. Great. It's great. So what message of empowerment can we give, especially women out there, not just in our industry, but in, you know, women that are experiencing kind of like the, the issues and the inequality um, out there. What message of empowerment do you have for them today? Um, <clears throat> so my mouth has gotten me into a lot of trouble in a lot of places. Um, so I don't know if, if advice for me is the is the best advice. It's your but, advice. It is yeah. yours and, you, and you own it. So yeah. go for it. Um, I would say that the more women that speak up, against what's happening, if you have that ability to do that, not everyone has the, has the ability to do it. And I don't mean that they, they cannot do it. I'm saying more like maybe they can't afford to take a chance with where right. they work right. um, or they, um, you know, they don't, they have too much fear and it's keeping them mm -hmm. and which is what has silenced most of us for so long. Right. And there's been a perception that has been incorrect for longer than it should be because, you know, they were, um, if you're not in the industry, you know, and if you look at things, they make it look like there's, you know, plenty of um, potential for women in the insurance field and there, there should be and there could be, but there's um, barriers in place that have kept that, kept mm -hmm. those things 
kept us from moving up the way we should be able to. Yeah. Um, so I would say if you can speak up against, you know, an inequality that's happening to you or to somebody else without fear that you're, you know, it's going to affect you yeah. um, negatively over the long term. Um, or if you can do it in an anonymous way, the more, the more it's talked about and the less it's silenced, the more we'll be able to move forward. Yeah. Share your story, even if it's anonymous. I think it's yeah. the most powerful tool that we all have is our voices. Hence this mm -hmm. podcast exists, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone has a different story. Everyone mm -hmm. can learn something from someone else. But when we yeah. keep quiet and not only eats you alive because then you're not sharing and you're not, you know, publicly letting and releasing that anger that you are carrying or that sadness or whatever it is that you're carrying inside mm -hmm. of you, but you're not giving an opportunity to someone else to grow or to, you know, heal. And you're not giving yourself an opportunity to heal either. So mm -hmm. even if it's anonymously, like you don't have to be completely like, hey, here, you know, my name right. is Sarah and this person and this person and this person. Like this is right. not, that's not what you need to do. But mm -hmm. at least find a, a, a group or, 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 you know, I have a, <clears throat> one of my earlier podcasts is called Finding Your Voice. Find mm -hmm. your voice and release it out there mm -hmm. because it will definitely make you feel better. Even if it's just once, yes. it will make you feel better. And um, knowing that other people are going through the same thing, because for me, yeah. for a long time, until I discussed it with the friend I was telling you about, yeah, I thought it, I was like, what's wrong with me? Like this keeps happening to me. So it must be me. It couldn't be, yeah. you know, anything else. Right. Maybe I just have a bad picker on picking where to work or maybe, you know, like that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And then she was like, oh my gosh, like every woman I talk to has some kind of story. Yeah, and it's true. And it's true. Oh. That's amazing. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your story, um, for committing yourself to make, you know, this industry and any woman out there a better, a better human, a better environment, you know, everything that, we have to offer we only have one chance to make it work right so thank you for everything that you are currently doing now i have a few questions for you if you don't mind i know sure. that i didn't prepare you for them but, <laughs> um uh hit us with a good book that you will like for us to read um so i really like um oh my gosh um it doesn't have anything to do with the insurance industry, but it's That's like, totally um, girl, wash your face. Like, I uh, forgot what her name is. Um, let's see. Let's she's huge. Her. She's huge. Girl, wash your face. I never heard of it. But it's all about not apologizing mm. and um, like the struggles for as just being a woman and a mother and a wife and racial. Um, yes. Yeah. She's huge. She's a huge name. She, um, I haven't seen her as much. I should probably just have a new book or anything right now. And then um, the other book was, um, oh my gosh, because I know it um, because I actually listened to it. Oh, Mel Robbins has a book. Oh, yeah. It's and her book five? is amazing too. Yeah, the, like, yeah, the five second rule. Uh, five yeah. habits or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like she, about yeah. the five habits, yeah. I say high yeah. five because I have her on Instagram and she's always, yeah, like giving, she's always she's giving so high five positive. to like herself in the mirror. So I, yeah. I identify her with the, like the high five, like give yourself yeah. a high five in the morning. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. I love, I love her because she's just so upbeat and real Yes, yeah. and um, she just gives you tools on how yes. to be the best you and yes. how to work against the way our brain's normal tendencies of procrastination work yeah 100 percent. perfect uh let me see what does transcending means to you um to me like it's it's like moving above mm -hmm. like like 
kind of like, you know, like if your soul is transcending above your body, mm-hmm. um, I mean, which obviously whatever people believe, but like, um, or kind of like outside of body experience, like that's, to me, yeah. it's more like moving above whatever is going on or moving past it. That's what transcending means to me. And um, I've done a lot of like self-help. I've had a lot of um, things going on mental health wise Mm -hmm. over the last and more intense over the last five years. Mm. And while doing that, I got in all into like, you know, the, the chakras and the, yeah. um, the higher self. Yeah. Yeah. To me, transcending is like reaching your higher transcending to your higher self. Fantastic. I love it. And last, uh, but not least important, who is a woman that you admire or a woman that had a big influence, uh, on who you are today? my aunt. So, um, I, um, my aunt growing up, she was, she was more of a mom to me than my mom, but she also showed me what a happy life could look like. And I did not have that example previously. And, um, I stayed with her like every summer I stayed with her two or three months, like the entire summer I spent with her and her family. And, um, I, if it was not for her, I don't know that I would be able to have the life I have now. Amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Sarah. And I look forward to reading your book. Maybe we can do a little bit, um, you know, other, other episode in regards of you know different experiences now that they will be published we can talk about them yeah um, and then you know take it from there but let's keep up the good work let's just keep pushing do not back down and let's get loud let's talk about it absolutely thank you so much i appreciate life is meant to be fun you're not hurting anyone nobody loses let the music make you free be what you want to be make no excuses i appreciate you listening today remember that it is your reaction to adversity no adversity itself that determines how your life story will develop Now it is the time to do something meaningful and impactful with your story. Help empower others or empower yourself to break that glass ceiling that holds you back. Don't forget to visit our website to learn more about our guests from today and connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. My name is Monica Duani and I cannot wait to see you transcend. (laughs) 